When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Perkins. Uh, I have another credible guest with me today, uh, Jeff Hartley, a right-handed pitcher uh, with the Miami Marlins. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. I mean, your story is incredible. Uh, I want to dive into it a little bit, but just for the viewers who don't know you, uh, give a little bit of background on yourself, <clears throat> kind of share your story from your uh, point of view. Yeah, uh, so I grew up and I guess basketball first was the the start of it all. And I uh, went to college to just play basketball, actually, at Quincy University in Northern Illinois. And then uh, college basketball just, you know, wasn't wasn't for me. Um, and I kind of fell backwards into baseball. Uh, I was messing around the quad after I had quit the basketball team with one of my basketball teammates, and we were just throwing a baseball. And the catcher for the baseball team at Quincy was walking by and he just asked me if I wanted to go, you know, he heard I just quit. And he said, do you want to come throw a, ba- a bullpen for our coach? <laughs> like I'll set it up. And I was, I said, sure. You know? So I went out uh, maybe a week later and threw for them. And then, uh, yeah, they offered me a scholarship to stay and play baseball there. And at that point it was kind of like, you know, maybe I could play baseball somewhere else. I didn't want to stay at the school anymore. And uh, yeah, my, my mom didn't, didn't think I would enjoy being a, you know, regular student in college. And I have to agree with her. I didn't want to be regular. So I don't know how to get a job or anything like that. Uh, they, if I was playing a sport, that could be considered my job, my parents' eyes. So, uh, yeah, I emailed a couple coaches and uh, Coach Bletcher at Lindenwood University and uh, right, outside, right outside St. Louis, St. Charles, Missouri. I was about 45 minutes from home, so that was nice. And uh, he went back within, you know, an hour or maybe I think it was. It was really fast. And I went down and threw a bullpen for them like a week later with my dad and got on campus and saw it. Uh, coach Nathan Boyster is a pitching coach there. He took me around on a tour and we were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So they offered me a scholarship to come pitch there. And uh, then I was a Linwood Lion for the next couple of years. And uh, I got drafted a couple of times, uh, Mets in 15, Pirates in 16. And uh, now I'm here, a couple more steps, stops along the way, but I'm with the, the Marlins now here in 2023. So it's been, it's been fun. Oh, well, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it sounds like you have an incredible journey. I think it's really awesome to hear how you went from basketball to baseball. Kind of take us a little bit more into that transition. What was it like for you to kind of give up one sport and then kind of realize that you have to go now transition to this other sport? I'm sure mm-hmm. you loved basketball, too, growing up. So just kind of take us into that a little bit. Yeah, basketball, like the love for it didn't just go away. You yeah. know, uh, it's one of those things where, like, when I got to the baseball team, we still played like on the intramural basketball. We we like joined the league and our coach wasn't happy we were playing it, but we, we played <laughs> in it. And I still got my basketball fixed that way. I still, the NCAA tournament's going on right now. You know, I, <clears throat> I still love the sport and watch it whenever I can. Uh, 
But the transition was definitely weird because like basketball guys and baseball guys are just different groups of people, you know, Uh, just the way we act and we communicate and the type of jokes that are made. It's just a very different vibe. Uh, They're both a lot of fun. They're just different. And so transitioning from that sport to baseball uh, and just from a locker room to a clubhouse, uh, it took some getting used to for sure. I was definitely like a basketball guy just playing (laughs) baseball. and I don't think of myself like that so much anymore, but definitely for a few years, especially even when I got into pro baseball, uh, I thought of myself as, as someone who was a basketball player who was just having to be throwing a baseball for a living. Uh, and I'm past that now. You know, baseball is who I am. And it's what I do. Uh, yeah. And I've, I've really embraced that. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, I'm lucky to be able to do it. And but yes, the, the transition was I wouldn't say difficult, but it was different. And uh, it just wasn't something I had planned on doing. So all my life I've been geared towards basketball, basketball, basketball. And then one day I was just a college baseball player, (laughs) uh, which is really cool. It's it's a cool story. And it was, uh, I'm lucky to have been given that opportunity. Uh, But yeah, it wasn't something I expected. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I The one thing I like to hear is like, you talked about how baseball isn't like who you are, but it's what you do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that kind of transition. Cause we've had a lot of uh, athletes on and they kind of lose their identity within the game. Right. They kind of yeah. lose themselves and their performances on, on and off on the field, which kind of impacts them off the field. And we really yeah. like to focus on the human side of the game. So talk to us about like, what's helped you kind of separate yourself from your performances on the play on the field. Like you're still a baseball player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there is still Jeff outside of the game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the really, I had a tough time with that as well for a long time. Uh, especially when I got to the big leagues in my first mm-hmm. year, there wasn't, you know, I had had a ton of success coming up through the levels. And so I got to the big leagues and I had success early on. And then I just all of a sudden, boom, it was, it got tough. And I didn't deal with it well the first year. And I would say the biggest thing that I learned really is that kind of what you said, like, it's, it's what you do. It's not who you are. And I really Mm -hmm. adopted that mantra. Um, I think you can take in the sense of it, it is kind of who you are as a baseball player, professional athlete. You can, you can run with that when you're at home, when you're giving back to kids or when you're having conversations with people or doing things like this, like, yes, I am a professional baseball player. It's, it's who I am in that sense. But now for me, it's, it's kind of a copped way out because I have a, I have a son now, which was, was just running through here before, uh, and he does not care if I had a bad day at the field. You know, it's uh, when I get home, play. You know, he want, he wants to run around. He wants to have fun. And uh, looking back now on, you know, how things affected me, especially like I think the, the biggest one I remember probably is like when I was in the Arizona Fall League, when I was in double A that season in 2018. Uh, it did not go well. It, I just had a lot of bad luck. Ball, everything that was put in play was just like ground ball base hits. Guys were scoring. It was yeah. – and I was miserable when I would leave. It's all I thought about. It's all I, you know, it's all I was doing. It's the only reason I was in Arizona. So from that standpoint, that's what also makes baseball hard. Yeah. Playing sports in general professionally hard is the only reason you're at the place you're at, you know, away from home, away from your friends, family, is because you are there to play baseball. So in season, you know, you're 85 games into a season. You've got 65 more of them coming. And maybe it's been a rough three week stretch. You know, you wake up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and it, you're just like, what the hell am I doing in Scranton, Pennsylvania? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, and it's, 
it can all hit you at once and overwhelm you if you let it. But if you keep the perspective of like, you know, I work my butt off in the offseason to train for this and I have done what I need to do to be successful, you know, you can always fall back on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was important to kind of figure out for myself too. That along with, like we said, it is what I do. It's not who I am. You know, I'm a lot of things off the field too, uh, not just a baseball player. And so kind of falling back into that and having things to take your mind off of the game when you get home, whether that's conversations with friends, family, my wife, you know, hanging out with my son, taking my dog on a walk. Yeah. Uh, before all that, just, you know, reading books, getting back to kind of stuff that I enjoyed and you get away from, you know, you can fall pretty quickly into just coming home and ripping video games. Fortnite was big <laughs> when I was at, at, uh, at, the, at the lower levels. And, man, I could come home and just play that for five, six hours with my buddies. And you can get lost in that, too, and just get away from the game. So there's a lot of ways to do it. Uh, but I think being able to, even if you are struggling, show up to the park every day with, like, a good attitude and – be be present and be appreciative of the fact that you still get to play baseball for a living. If someone's paying you to play a game, uh, have an appreciation for that idea helped me a lot too. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things that you touched on there that I really thought was great. I mean, you talked about um, how you kind of have this foundation around you, right? You have that trust in like your, your talent. You've done everything that you can to get where you are. You have this foundation mm-hmm. of your family as well. And when we interviewed uh, uh, Josh Posey, uh, he's a Tampa Bay Rays mental performance coach. He talked about like, when you have that solid foundation, like no matter what happens at the end of the day, whether it's good or bad, whether things change around you, like you still yeah. have that foundation you can go back to all the time. And I think that's kind of huge and key um, what you touched on. Well, yeah. And baseball is such a tough sport in terms of failure. Like yeah. success is success in baseball is failing quite a bit, you know? And so having, having that, thing to fall back on of like you know i've done what i need to do i've done what i need to do to, to be here and it's still gonna creep in i mean it yeah. still creeps in for me too you know it can creep in in the middle of an outing if stuff's not going well or if it hasn't been going well you go out there the first guy gets a base hit on a broken bat whatever it's like it can be like here we go again you know type yeah. of thing or you can be like you know screw it like all right ground ball don't play next pitch you know you're one pitch away if you always keep telling yourself that i'm one pitch away from turning this outing around or getting out of it or putting up a zero again. And my pitching coach last year, Paul Abbott always talked about, he pitched in big leagues for like seven years. And he's talked about like, yeah, it might, it might've sucked up to this point, but like, if you can stack a zero, you put up one zero then you put up another, then you have a two inning outing, you put up two of them, you know, all of a sudden two weeks later, you've got eight in a row and yeah. you can turn, you can turn a season around pretty quickly by just, you know, keeping a small mindset and focusing on, little things instead of, you know, I've got a six right now, whatever it is, because that number is not going to go down overnight, but you can put up a zero and then a zero and then strike three guys out in an inning. And those kind of things get you noticed and a little bit of success in a row in this game can get you called up. I mean, it just can. So yeah, remembering that, but also like you said, when I said about like trusting your preparation, I think I trust my preparation because I know how hard I work, but I think if you don't and you don't do everything you can or it ever gets in your mind that you maybe, oh, did I, did I prepare enough for this? You know, whatever that whatever that looks like to you personally, I've just always been too scared to let myself get to that point of like, you know, I'm never going to let myself not feel prepared for whatever I'm doing. Uh, I think that was just ingrained in me from when I was a kid, you know, from my parents. Yeah. Uh, 
but if you don't have that to fall back on, that's gotta be scary too. You know, I, I can't speak to that because I've always tried to avoid it, you know? Uh, yeah. I guess maybe in college when I wasn't fully invested, I maybe, I maybe did have some times like that and it's not a fun place to be there. So it's that, that I would say just to any young athletes or guys getting the pro ball, like don't let yourself be the guy who didn't prepare. Don't yeah. let yourself be the guy who doesn't have a routine or understand what you need to do or ask the questions. Uh, there's people who are there who want to help you and to, like you just said, you interviewed a strength coach or a mental strength coach from yeah. uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Every organization has them now. So like mm-hmm. lean into those guys and it's not a bad thing or like negative to go have conversations with guys like that. It can help you a ton. Yeah. I think the one thing you touched on too, that I really liked, um, like you kind of talked about like focusing on the present moment, right? Yeah. Yesterday might've been a bad game or that last at bat or that last battery phase might've been, a, yeah. uh, even you might not want it. Right. But yeah. if you focus on the present moment, and I think a prime example of that was Adam Wainwright in that call, the world baseball yeah. classic. Yeah. You're right. Game, yeah. right. He had the bases loaded, nobody out. And he gave, got out of there with giving up just one run. So like you have those things. He's been doing it forever, man. Yeah. yeah. Like that guy's mindset's insane. Every time he's yeah. out on the mound, he just doesn't let, like a hit, a walk, anything kind of rattle. I mean, he just goes back out there. He knows well, what he it doesn't got. matter, right? You can't yeah. control what just ha- – like, it, it already happened. As much yeah. as it sucks and it's frustrating and it pisses you off in the moment, like, that still happens to me where it's – a guy gets on that I think shouldn't have gotten on. Yeah. And when I was younger, I would – can't anymore with the new rules, but I would pick off the first immediately. And, like, 25% of the time, <laughs> I would throw it into le- a right field and the guy would be on second, then or third. And all you're doing is is creating a bigger problem. You know, yeah. if, if you can just let it go and focus on the next thing, it's it will pay dividends in the end, I promise. Yeah, those guys in 150 that get those bloop singles, and you're like, cool. <laughs> I you made the pitch, yeah. off into the bat, and it just, it's freaking baseball, man. It happens yeah. sometimes. You executed it perfectly, and there's like nothing else you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll never, like, I was pitching on Sunday Night Baseball against the Dodgers a couple of years ago when I was playing for the Mets. And the first inning I came in, I punched the side, got out of it. I thought I would be done because I had thrown a lot the day before, but they sent me back out and I'm facing the pitcher uh, <laughs> when I go back out. I have him 0-2 and I throw, I throw him, he hits a ground ball straight in the ground and it just stops between me and the third baseman and he's on first base and they end up scoring, I think like three runs at inning. And it's just stuff like that, that like, yeah, yeah, I probably did let it steamroll a little bit, but it's so frustrating in the moment. And it's, like I said, it's hard to to always go back to that, you know, I'm, I'm a victim of it as well sometimes. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've kind of had a lot of lessons learned from your experience making that debut to kind of take us into that major league debut, um, having that experience at the big league level and how that's really helped, like helped you grow, but also get you prepared for now as you go into this 2023 season. Yeah. Uh, the debut was, a it was very successful and, Honestly, when I was in the moment, I really wasn't thinking about, man, this is the big leagues, man, this is everything I've been working for. I don't know why, but I just wasn't. It was, I was very focused and it was just like, you know, you have to go get three outs. Uh, I think the success I had in spring training before the big league season had started, and even though I'd been in AAA for a couple of weeks before I got called up, uh, it fed confidence into me and then putting me in a situation that was a pretty big spot, like, I think we were up either, I think it was four runs, maybe five in the ninth yeah. inning. So, like, not a blowout, not a situation where it's just like, hey, go in and we need you to just finish this game. Like, it was a game where, you know, if you mess up, somebody's getting up right away and you're coming out. Uh, so that kind of ha- gave me some confidence, too. And from that point on, you know, 
it, it's confidence is a funny thing because you have it one day and it's you feel on top of the world. I was just talking to somebody. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think Brian Hoeing, uh, one of our mm. pitchers here down with the Marlins. Uh, he said it best. He was because he had a couple really good outings to start spring down here. I think like four or five innings in a row, shutty and was striking guys out. Nobody was doing anything. And then he lost feel for one of his pitches in his next outing. And a, a tough base hit that like a ground ball that will turn into a double and another ground ball that got through another ground ball that got through and a walk. And then you walk off the mound that day feeling like, do I know what the hell I'm doing out here? Yeah. Like, and then that next day, when you come back, if you let that continue to fester, you know, the next time you go take the mound, those thoughts are still there. So it's got to be just a wash it away type thing where, you know, it was a fluke. It, it was whatever. It was unlucky. It wasn't my day. Whatever you got to tell yourself to keep up the mentality of, you know, I deserve to be here. I belong here. I can get guys out. I've done it before. All those things you got to tell yourself or that you have done, you've got to go back to that in your head. Um, because like for me, you know, 2019 started off really well. And when I went down to AAA, I dominated still. It was just like yeah. up in the big leagues, hits were dropping in. Uh, you know, I got hit by the home run book for the first time in my career. I never gave up home runs. And I got to the big <laughs> leagues and it was like, I think I gave up like maybe eight or nine. Well, as a singer guy too, like, right? Exactly. And it yeah. was like, dude, what the <laughs> hell is happening? Like, I don't, I don't see balls go over the fence very often. Uh, and so it was just kind of things like that that hit you and it, it kind of takes you away from who you are. It's like, that doesn't happen to me. Why is that happening? You know, I was not ready to deal with that yet. Mm-hmm. And I, now I like to think I am, you know, it is what it is. It's, you know, lucky hit, whatever, whatever you got to tell yourself, you know, yeah. he, you know, he ran to that one, the wind took it out, <laughs> whatever it is. There's a, there's things you can say and things you can do. And I'm to the point now where it's like, you know, I can laugh about it a little bit, you know, even if I give up a backside home run on something that just shouldn't, should not have no business getting out. It's yeah. like, you know, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Get the ball, go make the next pitch. I've gotten pretty good at that. And even last year, I gave him some home runs in Worcester, uh, small park and the wind howls. Out. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how many I gave I up, but I'd say half of them shouldn't have been home runs. Uh, and it just got to the point where it was like, you know, get the ball back from the umpire. I got pretty good at just getting back on there and throwing the next pitch, getting the next guy out. That's yeah. what you have to do. That's what's all, all you can do. Like I said, it's, you have to get comfortable with, Hey, it happened. Yeah, you can't change it. It's in the, it's in the sad book now. You know, get the next guy. Yeah, I I lived in Reno, Nevada, and every guy. Oh, was Oh man, brutal. Like every hitter on the Aces team was hitting over three hundred with double digit homers, and every pitcher had an ERA like over north of four or five. Yeah, if you were if you have a three something <laughs> in the PCL, you're doing it. Like, yeah, it's like a one something in the Eastern League or the International League. Yeah, the ball just absolutely carries. Out it's not there. baseball to a certain extent, you know. <laughs> it, it's just not how the ball flies. It's it's unreal. Yeah, I think there was guys with like career high five home runs who were hitting fifteen jacks a year, and you're just like, well, what? you see guys who get traded over to the National <laughs> League after they've been over there for the half a season or something, and they have like twenty eight home runs and they get over here and then they hit four for the rest of the season. And it's yeah. like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> both played it exactly. Um, that's awesome. I mean, it's cool to hear your story and just kind of how you've developed yourself, uh, not just as a baseball player, but as a person outside of the game. I guess as I kind of dive into the last couple of questions, um, the first one I have is like, as you kind of go into this 23-3 season, uh, we're getting close to wrapping up spring training. Uh, what are some of your goals this year? Not just to develop as a player, but kind of as yourself too. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, first and foremost, get back to the big leagues. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a year for me now since I was up there, and so that's that's goal number one. Uh, and what comes along with that is just being healthy. You know, being available to get your name called is the biggest thing in this game. Uh, there's an old saying in that a lot of the older guys in baseball have to throw out is you know you can't make the club in the tub. Uh, and it's true whether yeah. it's what you want to hear or not. You know, and I, the trainer's room you need to be in there to get your stuff done, your work done, whatever. But if you're injured, you can't play, and so you you don't have the opportunity to get that call. Uh, so those are my two my two biggest things. You know, I I made some changes last year during the season, and then I wouldn't play winter ball in the Dominican that I'm I'm really happy with and excited about, and just getting to put those into action again here and the confidence I've gotten from those things. Uh, that's my main probably another one, big one for me is like trusting, like I said before, like trusting mm-hmm. what I've done. Uh, not being quick to make changes and, you know, erratic because maybe a couple of results didn't go my way. You know, I've done what I need to do. I've made the adjustments I need to make, in my opinion. And you get signed for a reason, you know, like the Miami signed me for a reason. It was, they liked what they saw. Yeah. And so roll with that, you know, don't second guess yourself, be who you are and whatever happens happens, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. And I think a lot of that kind of rolls into my last question. Um, for us, we want it to be entertaining for the fans and like them to get to human side stories and things like that. But we also want it to be a resource for like future athletes who might be going mm-hmm. through some of the same struggles. Um, so if you had like that one piece of advice um, for a guy who's uh, maybe on the same journey you has, like switching sports or uh, being kind of a later round draft pick and then all, uh, trying to make it to the major leagues, what would that one piece of advice be? I'd say like, trust your gut. You know, trust, trust everything you feel. And remember the fact that it is your career. It is no one else's career. You'll come across coaches. You'll come across trainers, whatever it is, other teammates that have ideas and things they might want you to do or ways you should think. And you got to remember that you're truly you and your family, your loved ones are the only ones who really care about your career Mm. probably. Now, if you're a higher round pick, yes, there are higher ups in the organization who drafted you who want you to exceed. They care a lot about you. Uh, but in the end, you're still an investment to them. You know, it's a business, right? Yeah. You are the only one who knows what you need, who cares about your development to a certain extent, and who wants you to be successful. You're the most, you're your biggest advocate, really. And so that's a big thing I've learned, too, is like people might have the best intentions, but it might not be the best thing for you. And so sticking to your guns and being respectful to them, if you had to say no or saying yes, and then just sticking to what you know works for you. Uh, those are a couple of things that I, I've learned probably the hard way over the years is like, you know, when I got into baseball, I was still, you know, I thought myself was a basketball guy. Like I said, mm-hmm. I didn't know everything or anything really. And so I was, Hey, yeah, it's, you know, whatever you got for me, I'm going to do. Not everyone knows everything. Or yeah. what, what you should be doing or what's best for you. And so find a way to pick and choose what does doing your own research, doing, you know, putting the work in so that you have trust in yourself. Uh, I think all those things come into play and then, you know, just running with it, having to having that confidence to take risks and stand out so that you do get the chance to move up. You know, it's, it's a tough game. It's only getting tougher. They're trying to shrink down minor league rosters and the drafts getting cut down and, a guy like me wouldn't even be in pro ball anymore because the yeah. day's down to, I think, 20 or 15 rounds now, whatever it is. He's 20 so, now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's a lot of things working against you. And so everything you do, if you're going to play the game, be away from your family and 
you know, make crap money for a couple of years until you get the chance to go up, you know, do everything you can to get, put yourself in a position to succeed. Uh, everything else is just taken away from, you know, what you're there to do. And there's some opportunities and there's a lot of fun to be had in this game. And some of my best friends I've met playing this game, some great memories on road trips, you know, in hotels, doing whatever. Uh, you should do all that stuff and enjoy it because you never know when the last time you're going to get to put on a uniform is and be in a clubhouse and someone's going to pay you to play a game. And, and all the things, you know, I'm a little older now and I've been around the game. I've been in pro ball for seven or eight years. And so I have a different appreciation, I think, for – Someone's still calling you and asking you to come play the game yeah. and showing you respect to give you a jersey. And I don't know, it's cool. You know, I have appreciation for it. So enjoy that for as long as you can and make some memories with your friends and teammates. I think it's an awesome way to wrap up. I mean, that's kind of like the theme of our uh, podcast, too, is that we, we focus on uh, prospects and guys who are in the major leagues as well. But we also focus on the guys who are retired, right? Because everybody's going to have to make that transition out of the game at some point. Some, one day is your last yeah. day. You know, even you like the guys who have, yeah, even the guys who have like the big, long careers, you're still in your probably 30s when you're retiring yeah. and maybe early 40s, like at the latest. Yeah. If you're lucky and if yeah. you want to do it for that long, I don't want to play baseball until I'm 40 something. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, joining us, I think we could just keep talking for days. Uh, so we'll have to have you on some other time. But uh, yeah. wishing you nothing but the best. Uh, and yeah, we'll be following along. Cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's great. And I could, as you can tell, I could sit here and talk <laughs> forever too. So some other time we will. Yeah, it sounds great.